Here's everything you might have missed in Rick and Morty Season 6, Episode 3. Between House of the Dragon and Rick and Morty, Sunday was a day full of family affairs on television. The latest episode of Rick and Morty titled Bethic Twinstinct was not your average Thanksgiving episode. The show took us from the Clone Zone to the Bone Zone and beyond, but there were also plenty of Easter eggs, references, and details that you might have missed. We're going to break it all down for you in just a moment, but to do so, we have to spoil what happens in the latest Rick and Morty. Now, if you haven't seen it yet and you're worried about that sort of thing, leave now before you see something that you probably shouldn't. Oh, I better get back to bed. <laughs> yep, same. Okay, let's get into it, shall we? Bethic Twinstinct's title alludes to the erotic thriller Basic Instinct, a movie about a torrid affair with a dangerous blonde bombshell. The episode opens with a callback to Season 5's Thanksploitation Spectacular. Rick comes home after having turned himself into a turkey and receiving yet another presidential turkey pardon. Thankfully, fewer FDRs were hurt in the making of this episode. How's this for a fireside chat? Morty's playing the grossly named Poop Lickian Game Pod XL, which is supposed to be the most realistic game console ever made. It's a common claim made by each new video game console generation, and here it's taken to its extreme and taken very literally. Each game delivers an experience that focuses on realism at the expense of fun. Oh, cool. Also <laughs> stupid. The factory setting is four. What do we want, ten? No, do nine. I'm kidding. Shut up, yeah, shut Summer. up, Summer. And when they crank up the realism on asteroids, for example, nothing happens because most of space, as Rick explains, is empty. The Street Fighter parody Get Into a Street Fight showcases both combatants trying to make it to the actual street fight before they forget why they're mad in the first place. And if the name Kick Puncher sounds familiar, that's because there was another Kick Puncher on Community. It was a movie franchise that Troy and Abed truly loved. Here, though, Kick Puncher's a parody of Ryu, and Tube Steak is modeled after Blanca. Getting to a street fight also has several different modes, including slappers only, referencing the popular GoldenEye variant. There's also a parody of Final Fantasy VII where Cloud is struggling with the mechanics of lifting his preposterously heavy buster sword. The first boss in the actual game is the robotic guard Scorpion, but here it's a murderous lobster monster instead. And while Jerry trades in the original game of Jigsaw Puzzles for Hide the Affair, it's less about the game being realistic than Jerry being completely unaware of what's unfolding around him. And last but not least, when the family's playing the text-based adventure game, Morty gets upset because the idea that the vampires win is not realistic to him. That's not realistic! Morty, it's obviously set in a world where vampires hunt in clearings. How did you- I'm working with the same information you are! After dinner, Space Beth mentions that her car is like a TARDIS bigger on the inside, referencing Doctor Who's signature police box method of transport. They drink some Venusian wine, which helps lubricate the machinery of romance between them. In Roman mythology, Venus is the goddess of love and desire, which is fitting for their arc this episode. And this is probably a stretch, but the blue streak in Space Beth's hair and their French-language conversation calls to mind Blue is the Warmest Color, a 2013 French film about an intense and tumultuous relationship between two women. Now, the gloppy drop system where they go to get ice cream was first mentioned in the wedding squanchers back in season two. Rick tells Morty that he's going to hop over to the gloppy drop system to get some ice cream, but instead he turns himself into the Galactic Federation. And once again, it's used as an excuse for people who are hiding something from the rest of the family. 
The controller that Rick makes from the body of a telepathic space whale initially reminded me of the telepathic dolphin in Johnny Mnemonic, but pop culture is jam-packed with space whales if you look closely. They appear everywhere from the Pergil in Star Wars Rebels to the Starship UK's engine in Doctor Who. And there's also one in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but it was no match for gravity. Hello, ground. When Beth and Space Beth are vaping on the roof, their smoke turns into various shapes. Beth exhales what kinda looks like Jerry, while Space Beth exhales a middle finger. Now this probably isn't a direct reference, but it also reminded me of Gandalf's ghostly galleon when he's straight up sparking up with Bilbo in Fellowship of the Rings. Later, when the Beth share a moment on the hollow deck, we see them at old age watching a sunset at the Santa Monica Pier in Los Angeles. Rick aptly calls this what it is, a full San Junipero, referencing the episode of Black Mirror in which a queer romance is revealed to have taken place inside an elaborate simulation. Space Beth ensures their silence, though, by telling them that she has all the Predator weapons, which is bad news bears for anyone who's seen what Yaucha armaments can actually do. Later, at dinner, we see a picture of Snuffles the dog on the wall prior to his lawnmower dog escapades back in Season 1. After Space Beth reveals her affair with Beth, Jerry flashes back to high school where we see signs referencing Snoop Dogg's Drop It Like It's Hot and Gwen Stefani's Holla Batgirl, which firmly places them in the class of 2004. Jerry then answers the question of what if Gregor Samsa awoke one morning to find that he had intense anxiety, and he turns into a pill bug. <laughs> Rick reveals that in a drunken haze, Jerry asked him for it, saying it was the thing that he wanted most. Rick, on the other hand, wanted tattoos of him and Morty as bald eagles on his butt. Unlike Gregor Samsa, though, Jerry's metamorphosis is reversible and will keep him alive. Rick mentions that it's a cool power to have, especially if Summer asks you what you thought of Wonder Woman 1984, which is legally a movie. Now, between this and the Snyder Cut reference last week, Rick clearly has strong feelings about the DCEU. I don't know what that reference is. We're in a video game. Space Beth and Beth ask Rick to use his Mind Blowers machine to, quote, eternal sunshine all the multiplicity porn scenes from each other's minds. The device in question was first revealed in Season 3's Morty's Mind Blowers, in which Rick removes bad memories from Morty's life. And while Bethic Instinct references one Sharon Stone starring Paul Verhoeven movie, the device here is modeled after the memory implantation machine from another Sharon Stone starring Paul Verhoeven movie, Total Recall. Now, for those who don't know, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is a film about two people who have the memory of their love erased from their mind, but still find themselves drawn back together. Multiplicity is a movie about why you should never clone Michael Keaton if you don't want said Michael Keatons to sleep with your wife. Michael Keaton. We then get a killer payoff to Evil Morty hacking Rick's portal gun in the season 5 finale. With the gun still out of commission, the Smith children are forced to listen to their parents and Space Beth's bedroom banter while they weep at the dinner table. In a desperate attempt to lighten the mood, Rick asks them what they're grateful for this Thanksgiving. Morty's response here is a meta joke about Discovery's acquisition of Warner Media. This high-profile affair has led to the $90 million Batgirl movie being scrapped, tons of animated series unceremoniously banished to the nether realm, and other questionable decisions that make many wonder if Discovery is trying to gut this venerable studio to flip it a few years down the line like some kind of HGTV makeover show. 
Why? Why? Discovery Channel. Discovery Channel. Why? Okay, just eat your food. Now, towards the end of the episode, Space Beth mentions her grandson in space, Naruto Smith, better known as the giant incest baby. First appearing in season five of Rick Dependent Spray, he's the biological offspring of Morty and Summer, named for everyone's favorite orange-clad anime ninja, Uzumaki Naruto. But who knows? Maybe he'll get Morty's message someday. Um, hey, son, uh... If you're seeing this, I starved to death while looking for an asteroid. Later, Rick puts the Venusian wine away, and we can spot the Meeseeks box in his hidden liquor cabinet. Also, we can see a tiny Morty inside a bottle of space tequila, like some sort of tiny worm. What kind of flavor does he add? The world may never know. As for the post credit scene, well, Jerry tries his hand at self-love by going to the Jerry Bree, where unattended Jerrys are strictly forbidden. Considering the revelation in the season six premiere that this Jerry actually was swapped there back in season two, it's surprising to see him return. Less surprising is that Jerry on Jerry action is a lot more chaste than what happens with the Beths. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Anyway, folks, there you have it. That's everything we spotted in the latest Rick and Morty. We'll have another deep dive for you next week, but in the meantime, we've got you covered over on Nerdist.com. For now, though, tell us, what did you think of the latest episode? Did you spot anything that we missed? (gasps) Let us know in the comments below, and for the latest and greatest in the world of pop culture, make sure you stay tuned to Nerdist.com. Nerdist.com.